today as we look at the potter's hands. I want to use a narrative to to see how that we have told this story of outside caregiver shaping our lives and remolding us through our interaction with fear and conflict. Now, before I even get this conversation started, I have to lay out this phrase. I lay it out every time I even tiptoe around this topic. But I want to share this phrase with you right now. Where I believe, well, let me share it this way because this is how I normally share it. I do not believe. I do not believe that God makes bad things happen to change us. But I do believe we can be changed when bad things happen. I'm going to say it one more time before I jump into this long conversation. And I'll probably say it again at the end. Where I do not believe that God would harm us. That God would put us in danger. That God would create hurt and harm to change us. I do believe that we can change when we deal with the most stressful moments of living. Today I want to do this in a fun way because we exist in a mythos of stories. And within all these stories creates this conversation that we see laying out as we address our understanding of the potter's hands constantly shaping and remolding us. Those of you that truly, deeply know me, know my love and excitement for the realm of superheroes. I don't choose between DC or Marvel. I like them all. I like DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, uh, any comic. I enjoy the stories of seeing Heroes overcome unique situations because within our lives and our being, even if it be at a little lower, not so heroic level, we too move through journeys that we move towards intense moments that will change who we are as individuals where I'll use some pertinent DC characters in this conversation, at least a couple, I want to spotlight a little bit of the difference between DC comics and Marvel comics. And the biggest being, I feel that a majority of the stories that exist within Marvel comics exist within a realm or a flavoring of reality. In DC Comics, we have the imagery of a person that was born in Atlantis. We have the imagery of an individual who was born on a far distant planet, Krypton. We have an Amazonian warrior, a person that has no realm of reality within their being. We don't know Alantans. We don't know um, uh, anybody from outer space that I know. I, I may have met Mort from work. I don't know. 
They exist outside of a creation that we understand. When you look at DC Comics, you see individuals born in a place, and then they have to respond to a life catalyst. Now, within the realm and the mythology of the comics, the, these, the initial catalysts make them different at, to an extreme. But they take that difference that has changed their lives in the extreme and they go out and they deal with reality. I think about characters like Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock, the daredevil of Hell's Kitchen, the attorney who speaks for those who need and have no voice. Matt Murdock existed within a moment that an explainable chemical accident caused him to be blind. And as we know within our understanding of science, as we understand our understanding of the human body, when one sense backs off, other senses pick up and take more of a focus and do more. We understand this concept spiritually as we talk about the the Apostle Paul sharing the importance of every part of the body and how the ears and the eyes and the hands and the feet are all important for the overall functioning of the body. And although, as the Apostle Paul says, if we don't have eyes, the ears can't see. If we don't have eyes, the ears listen at a more intense level and we hear things more crisply because that part of our being has to pick up so we look at that in the image of the daredevil we we look at that in the imagery of stan lee's greatest creation spider-man we see the image of a, a young man who not only lost his parents in a plane crash but he also lost his uncle his his substitute father figure because of a bad decision that Peter made. And we look at the emotional conflict that exists within Peter Parker as an average, everyday teenager going out and dealing with the real world as he deals with the results of loss that he's suffered and he has these new abilities. But the cool thing about these new abilities He's dealing with the change in his life because of those abilities, just like any other teenage kid would do. We'll look at characters like the X-Men. Now, the X-Men becomes this, this conversation of cultural racism. It becomes this, this conversation of how that we exclude anyone that's different than we are. We look at a class of individuals who exist within a reality, not by their choosing, but by their birth. And we see them excluded in those things. And we are challenged to watch and read through the story of how these individuals deal with that exclusion. And it's an exclusion that doesn't make them a less than. It's a, it's, it's, it's a birth narrative. It's a cultural collection that doesn't make them a less than. It actually enhances who they are. But the greater society pushes them aside to not listen to them. 
See, we deal with all these stories, and I have enjoyed all these stories in my life. And it's specifically within the Marvel Universe. We see this example of things that we live with, that we deal with. We deal with grieving. We deal with the reality when our lives are suddenly changed and something is taken away from us in a moment. We see daily the results of what it means to exclude and set aside an entire collection of people based on something they were born into and not based on anything other than that. And we deal with these things. And all of these things push for moments of change. And we watch those changes take place in the heroes of these stories. I think I, I brought into the narrative Matt Murdock, the, the daredevil of Hell's Kitchen. I think about Matt Murdock because within his narrative of dealing with this change in his life, it is a change that other people would see as a disability and set him aside. But this change, this disability, has actually enhanced him to be better at things than he could have ever dreamed of. His his fighting skills are based on his ability not to be distracted by the things that will pull our sight away, but truly listening to what's happening around him. Truly listening and experiencing what's going on in his adversaries, what's going on in the people that he wants to care for and he wants to protect so that he knows that he's on the right path. They deal with his ability of hearing so much that even as a lawyer, he can use this heightened sense of hearing so that he can hear the heart rate change when someone's lying. That he can hear the sincerity of an individual who comes to him and asks for help. As I think about Matt Murdock, the daredevil of Hell's Kitchen, I think about what we are called to do as we are being shaped by the potter's hands to be these new creations. I think about what we are called to do when we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to go out and be the caregivers to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to reach out for the needs of those who feel excluded and oppressed, to give a hand up to anyone that's looking to find a hand up and find their place in the community. The daredevil's greatest strength isn't caused by some chemical reaction. It's a strength that we all have, and it's a strength that we have the ability to use if we practice it. Matt Murdock's greatest strength is listening. Matt Murdock's greatest strength is setting aside the distractions that we see with our eyes so that we can hear the reality of what's in front of us. We see the scary unknown approaching us. And we should respect that. But at times, we also need to hear the stories. We need to hear the stories. We need to hear the passion. We need to hear the reality 
of what the individual before us is dealing with. We have to take time to listen so that we can hear what they are dealing with so that we can help them find their place at the table, but also so that the potter's hand has this moment that we can be reshaped and reformed because of the intentional interaction that we have been willing to have with another person. I want us to think about that. I want us to think about what it would mean if we had the ability to stop looking for what we don't like. I want to think about what it would mean if we had the ability to stop looking for what we disagree with. I want to think about what it would mean if we had the ability to set aside and stop looking for the differences between us and them so that we could truly listen for the common points in our lives. The more that we are willing to do that, the more that we are willing to listen, the more we are beginning to be shaped into who God truly, wholly wants us to become. Now let's, let's look at this. Let's move to the next character I shared with you with, Peter Parker. We won't get to D.C. Peter Parker exists as a regular, everyday teenager. And he is out on a science trip. Radioactive spider bites him. He gets all these abilities. But he doesn't stop being a teenager. This will be the hardest part of this conversation. I have dealt in conversations trying to help individuals understand a reality that they may have been surprised that a pastor would share with them. I, I get into this moment of conversation with people that they share. I receive Christ as my Savior. I pray to God every day. But I still deal with these temptations. I still deal with these issues. And I said, yes, you, yeah, you do. Because you're a human being. We still exist in the physical. We'll go back to Sunday's sermon and deal with that. We still exist in the physical. We still exist within the limitations of the physical. And we have a new focal point in our lives because we've shared a prayer. We've We've got a new focal point in the being and the reality of who Jesus Christ is, but we don't stop being human beings. And within everything that we deal with as human beings, the potter's hand is there shaping our identity and helping us become who we're going to become. So there, I believe in the power before I say the next thing I say. I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, but I also believe that we have to interact with it and journey with it and participate with it to get the results that we're hoping to look for to find things in our lives that we're hoping that God will reshape. I have had far too many conversations with individuals that said, I received Christ in my Savior and this was supposed to just completely go away. It does with the journey. 
And that's what I like about this narrative of Peter Parker. Peter Parker gets all these cool powers, but he doesn't stop dealing with what it means to be a teenager. We get this cool, complete connection with God through Jesus Christ as we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that He will raise us from the dead. We get this cool, complete connection with God, but we don't stop being who we are. And the challenge of our Christian journey is how do we shape the identity that God gave us at birth with the reality of this outside catalyst that wants to love and care for us and give us a new focal point in living, we are still going to make mistakes. We are still going to at times fail. Peter Parker's failures continue to create who Spider-Man will ultimately become. As we look at the three-tiered levels of grace, the sustaining, the sanctified grace, that last top level still exists within it moments of failure. John Wesley's own words proclaim that we are people who are constantly moving on towards perfection says we attain it, but we're moving towards it. When we move into this reality that yes, we are blessed, we have got this cool, huge connection, this huge transforming connection in our lives that is shaping us and transforming us and making us new. And realizing at times that we're going to make mistakes. We don't feel like complete failures when we make a mistake. I started riding a bike again. It's too hot to walk. But I'm still doing the exercises. And Tuesday of this previous week, I, it, was, it was a hectic week. It was a hectic day. Different life catalysts, different life stressors got in the way. I did not get home until after 9 o'clock, and I had this decision, am I going to ride the bike today or am I going to eat dinner? And I had to answer that question. I lived in a day full of stressors and frustrations, and I needed to eat. So I didn't ride the bike Tuesday. Now, here's something that would have happened in my life, and I hear... People use the same narrative about their faith at times. In the past, me missing a bike ride on Tuesday, my mental, emotional response would have been, I missed it, I'm done. I failed. It's all over. I'm a failure. That's how it would have been. Well, as I record this on Friday, I rode the bike Wednesday, I rode the bike Thursday. I've got a bulk of time tonight to get back on the bike, to ride it. And that one day of failure is not the end of the road. Just because I messed up yesterday, it does not mean that I have to mess up today. And that's the reality that we hold on to. I, I have seen people, and God bless, if you don't like the next words that I sh- say, Davis at gmail.com, fuss at me about it. But here's the reality that I feel. I feel that individuals have this surreal idea about what it means to be a Christian. 
that just by confessing Jesus Christ as your Savior, everything is complete, everything's done, I'm all good, it's over. That ain't true. We exist within the necessity of the second level of grace with His justifying grace. It is the daily responsibility to interact with grace. It's the daily responsibility to interact with grace in such a way that we know that we are interacting with God. It is a responsibility to be the active individuals actively responding every day. It starts with walking down the aisle at Cornerstone Baptist Church as a 14-year-old and saying to the Reverend Dr. Ken Martin, I want Jesus Christ to be mine, but it didn't end there. It's the daily waking up saying Jesus Christ is mine and doing it again and again and again. I don't believe that grace disappears. I believe wholeheartedly when God gets His hands on us, God doesn't let go. But I have to daily remember that. So just because that we get the super, the the supernatural spider bite, it does not mean that. That's it. We still deal with everything. We still deal with the reality of living. Then we move into this last part, and this is where the potter's hand becomes really important. We get in this last part that I introduced with the X Men, and the X Men is this excluded class of individuals because of how they were born. It's this excluded class of individuals because of who God made them to be. Because they don't fit in the understanding of an individual because they don't look, act, live the way that we do. They get pushed aside. They get shunned. And we have seen that in so many different ways from issues of 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 racism, of sexism, of LGBTQIA exclusion. And we see that daily. But the reality in this conversation is how do I take my response, my continued responding to God daily, responding to God daily, and reach out to the individuals who are being excluded and show them their place? at the table. When we reach that whole journey, we see the potter's hands making a difference. And I hope that we're willing to go through that entire journey. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for going through this conversation with me. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org. And click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org. And click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.